May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. About 150 years before the birth of Jesus, the people of Israel were ruled by the Seleucid Empire. The emperor of the Seleucid Empire was a man who called himself Antiochus Epiphanes, which means God made manifest. You have to imagine the size of an ego of a man who calls himself God in the flesh. I mean, it would be a pretty big thing to say, right? By the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, Israel had experienced foreign rule for about 450 years. You would have thought they would have gotten used to it by then. But they didn't. And what they did to hold on to hope was that they told one of their stories. They told stories about their past. They told stories about people um, like Gideon and Samson. told stories about people like Moses and Elijah. They told about a story about a time when God ruled Israel as king and He appointed divine leaders like people like David and Solomon. And there were other stories too. Stories about women, people like Hannah and, and Ruth and Esther and Deborah. And all these stories had a similar theme. And they all had this theme that God rewards His faithful people. And He especially rewards those who act with courage and with boldness, who believe and place their whole lives in His care and trust. But perhaps no story more formed the Jewish consciousness, the ancient world, than the story of David, who as a young boy slew a giant called Goliath. Perhaps you've heard that story yourself. He took this, this, uh, these stones and he, he, he slew this giant and Israel was freed from pagan oppression, freed to, um, to be their own people. These were ordinary men and women who dared to act in courage, to trust God. And, and God rewarded their reckless courage. Now, there was still always a call for patience. Always a call for patience in Israel. God rarely acts early. But he never arrives late. Hold on. Don't give up. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing. Keep on acting courageously. God will answer. But like I said, by the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, it's been 450 years. Israel's been tossed around like a piece of paper currency. They went from Babylonian rule to Persian rule to Greek rule to the Seleucid Empire as the Greek Empire destroyed. They were like a toaster at a wedding present, you know? They just keep getting tossed around and re-gifted to everybody in the whole ancient Near Eastern world. But the lack of self-rule wasn't the worst thing. The worst thing about the rule under Antiochus Epiphanes was that he hated Jews. He hated them. He was worse than every previous emperor who had ever, been, uh, who had ever lived there, who had ever, had ever ruled over Israel. He was determined to take this backwater province into the... I don't know, the, the height of the 2nd century B.C., and make them a progressive Hellenistic province. They had to start thinking forward. And so he decided that he was going to outlaw Judaism. He was going to outlaw all the, the marks of, of, of you know, Judaism, the most conspicuous parts of it. The Sabbath was revoked. I mean, it was like a guy who cancels Christmas, you know what I mean? No Sabbath, no more. And if you're caught observing Sabbath, you could be imprisoned and even executed. The temple, the center of religious Jewish life in Jerusalem, 
He shut down to Jews. And in fact, to add insult to their injury, he set up a statue in the temple in Jerusalem to Zeus. And there he had a pig sacrificed to Zeus. You could only imagine how offensive this is to every Jewish sensibility. An idol in the temple slaying an unclean animal like a pig, the most unclean animal, to this foreign pagan god. And then circumcision, a mark that defined every Jewish boy. If a mother took her young boy and offered him to be circumcised, and it was found out, Antiochus had it ordered that that woman should be hung by her neck in the city square, and that her young boy would be hung by his neck from her neck. So that everybody walking up and down the street would see what would happen if you did not give up on your faith. And he almost succeeded in stamping out Judaism. Except for one thing. There was this guy, they called him the Hammer. Judas the Hammer. Judas Maccabeus. That's a great name, isn't it? Judas Maccabeus. And Judas Maccabeus raised up a rogue guerrilla army. And in two years, he drove... Antiochus's army out of Israel, out of Jerusalem, out of the Judean countryside, and almost every stronghold, uh, this, this ragtag army drove out the most powerful army in the world. It was a great victory for Israel. It was a, it was a great day of celebration. And as Judas came riding into Jerusalem, as Antiochus's army is fleeing to the north, do you know what the people did? They gathered in big groups and they started shouting as, as Judas Maccabeus rode in on, a, on his horse that day. They started shouting this, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Where have I heard that before? 150 years before Jesus. They needed Antiochus. Or they needed not Antiochus. They needed uh, uh, Judas to deliver them from Antiochus. They needed a hero, and this was their hero. In John's Gospel, he tells us about a day when Jesus comes riding into town, just a week before he's crucified. But on this day, as he comes riding into town on a donkey, the people gather around, and what do they do? They're waving palm branches. They're shouting, "Hosanna!" Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This echo from these days past, when, when Judas Maccabeus had delivered Israel from the hand of the Syrians, the Seleucid Empire. And now here comes Jesus. For about a hundred years after Judas Maccabeus, Israel enjoyed a great time of self-rule. But that ended with the rise of the Roman Empire. And under the Romans, as bad as things had been in the past, they seemed to have maybe have even gotten worse. It was a time of great oppression. So when Jesus comes riding into town that day, you have to know what these people are thinking. They have to be thinking, oh my goodness, somebody, finally, who will deliver us from the Romans. Somebody who, who will deliver us from these pagans and their false gods. Somebody who will, will free us from all these bad things of life. You know, whatever they wanted in Jesus, I'm certain they wanted this. Political freedom. I mean, perhaps you know and have noticed that people don't like an aggressive, overtaxing, Gestapo-like state 
that forces harsh rules upon the people and um, demands that they abide by them. Perhaps you've noticed that from a time or time in, in, in the history of, of the world. It really cuts down on the free, uh, carefree life and, and makes things rather harsh on people. And this is what people were feeling in Jerusalem. And so as Jesus comes riding into town, they have to hear echoes of history and echoes of even further back of Zechariah's prophecy. Here comes our Savior. Here comes, here comes the one who's going to deliver you. But listen to me. Don't miss this. Nobody is thinking about saving souls or going to heaven or, or going building a church. That's not what they mean by Savior. They mean that He's going to do something much more pragmatic. End Roman taxes. Deliver us from, from brutal Roman soldiers who come in and, and will beat and kill and rape people. He'll deliver us from an oppressive pagan regime that won't let us live our lives. And that's what you're coming to do for us, Jesus, right? Right, Hosanna? You're coming to save us from these Romans. You know, it's not all that surprising that people missed Jesus as the Messiah when he came. They lived in very much a -a work-a-day world with all of their own sort of problems. Problems like poverty, hunger, like illness, Problems like, you know, work-a-day sort of problems. Everything was so big, so evil, so unable to control. And it's what we do too. We watch the news, we read our newspapers, we open our mail, and we wring our hands. Oh, somebody save us from all of these problems. We're consumed. We're consumed by all sorts of worries I mean, if it's, not, if it's not what's going on in the political world in Washington or Columbus or wherever it might be, we're concerned about a lump under our skin. And, and we're reading on, online all the sorts of things that a lump under the skin can mean. And if you're like me, you read all the worst sort of things about what it could mean. And, and we're worried about the price of milk or cereal or gasoline or whether our second graders are learning anything other than how to beat up their little brothers or whether our high schoolers are ever going to take books as seriously as they take earbuds and cell phones, you know? Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, We're worried some kid might show up at school with a gun and start firing on his friends. Worried about the stock market and our retirement accounts and why the Buckeyes always seem to break our hearts. (laughs) And if only we had a hero. If only somebody would ride into town and save us. Or we'd wave palm branches. And we'd say, oh yeah, I'm in. Perhaps you heard that there was a big lottery this weekend. Anybody hear that? Something like half a billion dollars. That's a lot of money, you know. I mean, if a fellow won a half a billion dollars, he wouldn't be eating much bologna. Unless he liked bologna, in which case he'd eat lots of it, you know. It'd be a whole refrigerator stack full of it. Um, I'm sort of afraid of the lottery myself. I'm not afraid of riches. I, I think that I can be trusted with them. I'm even willing to try. Um, but I'm afraid that if I think about it too much, that I'll violate the Tenth Commandment. I'll sort of start coveting what doesn't belong to me. I'll forget, you know, how blessed I really am, and I'll, I'll, I'll get kind of possessed by it. But let's face it, I'm not a guy of great willpower, okay? So I do think about it, you know, and perhaps you have too a time or two. And I think about, you know, what would happen if, you know, like a half a billion dollars was landed in my lap all of a sudden, and, and I could think about all the great, cool things I could do. 
You know, like I'd fix up some nunneries and, you know, build some hospitals and I would, you know, fund some missionaries and build churches and all that kind of stuff, you know. Just like you do, I know. You tell me about it. But then I think about some other things that I might do, you know. I mean, you know, with what's left over after all that, you know, I, I think about the ways that it would solve, you know, so many of my problems. No more student loan payments. Whew, that sounds nice, you know, and... I could fix my kids' cars without having to actually fix the kids' cars, you know, and um, all those sorts of things that you sort of think about, you know, hmm, and take care of that and that. And and then I begin to believe, see, here's my worry. I begin to believe that some of my problems really are financial, forgetting that 75% of the world's population goes to bed without enough food to eat every day, and forgetting how blessed I really am. And I might be tempted to think that, you know, money can fix the problems when it really can't. But it's not just that. I mean, even if your your whole consuming uh, thoughts were politics or illness, children or aging parents, if only my husband wasn't such a knucklehead or only if my boss wasn't such a tyrant or only if my mother wasn't such a nag or all, if only I had this or this or this or this fixed, well then my life would be perfect. If only, if only I had a hero who would ride into town and fix all my problems. Why, I could really buy into that idea, couldn't you? I mean, Jesus, that's what you came to do, isn't it? You came to fix all my problems. Came to solve all my heartaches. Came to to write all the things that I wish were better. I mean, that's what you came to do, right? Because if so... I'm in. You can count me in if that's what you came to do. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.